0: it's the underpowered hour on this week's show sir richard branson returns from space we talk about camel trophy prepared land rovers our first ever instagram contest and everybody's favorite segment famous land rover owner of the week and now here's the show Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at the BarrisCollection.com or check us out on Instagram at The Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss.
1: Thanks to everyone joining us today. I'm the bias ply to Stephen's radio, the unsynchronized crash box of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online, Facebook and Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. All right, Stephen, let's get started.
0: All right, Ike. So I'm sure you saw in the news that not only did Sir Richard Branson go to space, uh, but he didn't die there. He he came back to Earth safely, super stoked, as as he always is. I don't know if you noticed he he rode up to the spaceport in New Mexico from I assume from England on a mo on a on a bicycle flanked by two white Range Rovers um, like a, <laughs> it was the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever seen and then he got he like hopped off the bike and there was a gentleman there his 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 man I imagine who took both the bicycle which I'm sure was five and a half million dollars and his helmet which was another three and a half million dollars space sure. bike space bike and then he like ran up and like got into a big bro hug with his fellow three astronauts and then they went into the spaceport to like sign the book and do all their stuff but i just thought like what what an improbable way to arrive to your spaceship (laughs) but on a on a bicycle flanked by two range rovers it's just such a strange thing but god bless that guy what it's a a spectacle uh, it's a
1: spectacle no doubt and part of that spectacle is definitely land rover sponsorship of. Of this, you know, you've got the Range Rovers, you got the, the, the tow rig for the near space. I like how it's near space, it's the near space vehicle. just, it's almost there. Almost there. It, the, it's a Defender 110. The tow, the tow yeah. vehicle is yeah. a Defender 110. And then the, we talked about this in a previous episode the astronaut edition range rover to sh- to to shuttle no pun intended yeah. the uh the other pay- paying are they paying astronauts or they I don't think
0: these ones were in case they all blew up i think maybe they made them free test testronauts. they were testronauts. yes yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah and I, so they don't yeah.
1: get the autobiography range rover right the the those are well, I the think they have group? an
0: option to purchase it. I don't think they would, but I think they have that option. Or maybe, maybe you know, Sir Richard Branson would gift them each an Astro Range Rover. I don't Question
1: know. for you. Mm-hmm. Is the Astronaut Edition Range Rover available to non-astronauts?
0: No, it is not. They clarified that during the two-and-a-half-hour Virgin broadcast that it the only way, the only way, it's confirmed now, the only way to get one of those Range Rovers is to uh, fly close to the edge of space with Richard Branson.
1: There is another way. Mm-hmm. You buy it off a of Craigslist in three years— <laughs> for ten grand, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right.
0: But it will have a blown head gasket, so you're going to have to contend with it. The timing chain will need replacing, and so you're going to have to contend with that. I don't know, it's worth it. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, there was a ton of like a ton of Range Rovers. I mean, there was like to, from the escorting the bicycle, Richard Branson. Actually, and the funny thing was, those Range Rovers were white, matched to the paint of his bicycle. I did. I just Do they realized right now for the bike. I don't know. I didn't see any rack. I don't know. There was a whole gentleman there. They don't need a rack. They have a person that deals with it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he sits on the tailgate and carries it home or whatever, (laughs) but seriously, I'm not sure that Richard Branson didn't just arrive from the UK on that bicycle. I don't know. I have no idea. Pretty sure he didn't. There's like water in the way. Yeah, there is some water in the way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a partially amphibious bicycle. Amphibious space bike. <laughs> amphibious space I mean, we're talking about Richard Branson. Now, and I think the highlight for me, and it's this is very close to the end, so you can mm-hmm. fast forward through the whole two and a half hour long video. Okay. Although Stephen Colbert is the host, kind of, but they obviously pre-recorded Stephen Colbert, so he didn't really know what was going on. He just had a bunch of like hilarious monologuey kind of stuff, quips that that were yeah that were interjected with with Chris Hatfield, someone who worked at Virgin Galactic, and then an upcoming Virgin Galactic near space astronaut um, talking about it. But anyways, at the end, Chris Hatfield like gives each near Earth astronaut their wings, and um, and when he goes to pin on Richard Branson, so he's just you know it's like you. It's like a metal presentation, right? You sure. you pin it on them. We don't really know how it works. Like, You've we're, been
1: to near space. Here's a pin.
0: Here's a pin, you know? And, like, the engineering of that, like, I don't know how it stays stuck on their spacesuits. I don't really care. It's not a big deal. But Richard Branson decided to, like, unzip his spacesuit down to, like, his navel. Sassy. Was not wearing like anything underneath. I don't know that he wasn't <laughs> nude in his spacesuit, and it was it was so it was it was so surprising to Chris Hadfield. All Chris Hadfield could say is. Nice chest. That's and it was so just a awkward. weird moment. It was so a weird awkward. moment. And, that's uh, hard to watch. And I'm not he watching only that. zipped it up then once the, once the pin was on, after uh-huh. Chris Hadfield did reach inside of his shirt. <laughs> um, he zipped it back up, but only a little bit. Like, not, not all the way back up. He zipped it back up, like, you know, it was still a plunging V, you know, which I just the feel D-fee. like. The DV is the term. That's how I describe it is Sir Richard Branson, two people. You know, he's kind of the deepest of deep fees. That guy Jesus. is amazing. He is a... I mean, he is a living... he's National a living treasure. He, sure, he certainly For some is. nation. an international. So speaking of the Defender, Ike, uh, Land Rover <laughs> had some interesting news regarding the Defender this week.
1: Yes, I'm told that the Defender has ceased production <laughs> yet again. Yet again. <laughs> yet again. So not not the, not like... Not forever, not forever, but no. uh, apparently when you have 84 computers, which I think is the correct number, it, it's 84 like computers in your vehicle, uh, the semiconductor shortage hits pretty hard. And so uh, as a result of that, the Defender production has has ceased. And uh, I guess they're still making the other models, but... It, uh, this,
0: do you, yeah, that's what I, I didn't totally understand. Like, do the other models, they just don't need the chips? like Different chips? Disc- Different chips, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I guess that is part of the, the you know, sort of like super new style technology in the Defender that, to be fair, everybody said, well, this Defender is never going to work because it's got so many computers in it. My God, if you're in the middle of the Kalahara desert and you can't... But it, actually, that wasn't the problem. It was that we just can't make it in the first place you, you just can't. there's no, no there's no way to make it so no. it's on it's, un, it's unfabricatable um which is which is pretty funny but yeah i do not they were not not as quite much uh, as fanfare around shutting down defender production as, uh,
1: as the classic defender as, as the classic defender. yeah they yeah. probably didn't like save that last defender to sell it to an oil chic for eight hundred thousand like they did the uh last classic defender
0: yeah exactly yeah probably that's didn't a, do that uh, <clears throat> completely uh they, you know I, I read somewhere that at I can't remember what department store in the UK but that they completely assembled a classic defender inside of the of the department store and then sold that defender
1: it was like suspended from the ceiling or something. Yeah. I mean, and there was like people
0: me. yeah, people like working on it. it seemed very crazy. It's like a weird thing to do, but uh, maybe that's what they'll do now with new defenders. They only have enough parts to make one of them about every two or three months. So
1: they can make them that just doesn't go. It it's doesn't just, go, it doesn't do anything. Yes, yeah. it's a shell. It's, it's like just, a model. It's a one-to-one scale model.
0: model <laughs> that just needs – it's got an engine. It could consume fuel if only it could start. But so that is did,
1: you, did you know – I guess they haven't said when they're going to resume production of the Defender. No, they I have mean, it, orders for, for days for oh, these cars forever. that they can't build. Yeah, I feel bad for those You can't – I mean
0: now you're starting to see people um, selling their Defenders – their recently purchased defenders at a high premium because people are desperate for them. And it really is hard to say when there's going to be new inventory. So I think those people are thinking, well, maybe I want a slightly different spec. I want something I can basically sell this thing for more than I paid for it and then just wait around. And when they start making them again, then I'll buy uh, another one or I'll buy something different or whatever. So you actually see that the secondary market for defenders with like four and 5,000 miles on them is super hot and you're paying I don't know a percentage over retail for a defender with six thousand miles on it or seven thousand miles on it, which is which is really interesting that people are that you know that hot for the car I think that it's they not just
1: defenders it's the broader market for vehicles if it's a you know interesting or special or desirable model, like people who want that car now you know, they're going to pay a premium as opposed to wait a year or wait a year and a half to get a vehicle. Cause I think a lot of for a lot of manufacturers, that's the lead time on a new vehicle.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know the Ford Bronco, which we've talked about extensively in the past is certainly plagued with that. Now they're having a problem, I guess, having the roof manufactured, they can't get the hard tops made. And so the, the latest production delay in that car has been delayed a number of times, Uh, of course, a great, uh, addition to the heritage brand segment, um, according to Land Rover, um, that uh, making the hardtop for it is has become impossible. They can't get them fabricated. So yeah, hard time to be a automobile manufacturer, holy moly, because... Maybe you can, uh,
1: maybe you can get it without the roof. You just just no roof, it.
0: just, yeah, sun's roof, like a Morgan. Just have it ship without a roof. Yeah, why not? You know? The Series 1, the roof is an option. Sunburn edition. Yeah, you know? You didn't have, you didn't get a roof when you bought a series one. You'd have to buy it extra. You
1: know? it, it was, it was extra for a while. Doors, spare wheel, like everything was an extra at one point, and then they they realized that that was silly because everybody yeah. wants that. Yeah, you got everybody have all wants that. doors. Yeah, you got to have doors. That was pretty early in production, I believe.
0: Oh, you no, know. no, so, doors are uh, nice.
1: So next week's episode is going to be a little bit different format than uh, our previous episodes.
0: Yeah, so this is embarking on new territory, something that uh, the listeners have been asking for. And Ike, as you know, uh, we like we respond. We are, uh, we are there in service of the enormous fan base, the underpowered nation. If you will, I don't know. We got to come up with like what would uh, what would Guy Fieri call uh, the uh, you know what would he call uh, the uh, you, know, you know anyways um, those individuals have said you know what it, it's nice listening to you and Ike. And to be fair I don't know that anybody's actually said it's nice but we tolerate listening <laughs> to you and Ike. but you know what might be what might be a nice break from the monotony of, of you two uh, is to have some guests on so um, our so good you buddy, found
1: somebody that hasn't listened to the show <laughs> found somebody who's not familiar with the show doesn't. (laughs) know what we're doing.
0: An old friend and uh, Frank from uh, Black Rhino Expeditions, a a Land Rover uh, not specific, but certainly Land Rover enthusiast uh, uh, expedition company. Not... Not to hunt black rhinos, which is important to make that distinction right off the bat. Uh, That's
1: a distinction I have to make with the series interiors quite often is the, the mm, elephant, elephant hide, hide interior is not actually made from elephants.
0: No, not at all. In yeah. fact, it's made from the thinnest of vinyl material. <laughs> so yes, it is. If you have keys in your pocket you will, uh, and it's a hot day, you could very well go through the elephant hide, which I think, in fact, actual elephant hide, that wouldn't happen. So, but I'm sure there is someone with a Land Rover with actual elephant hide in it, uh, you know. And it's happened, I'm sure. That's very I'm sad. Sure. Anyways, so Frank, we won't be talking to him about rhino hunting. Okay. Uh, but in fact, we'll be talking to him about uh, his uh, very cool, super inclusive, uh, very, uh, very chic uh, Land Rover Expeditions. He's also doing some training. Uh, and that's sort of all over Southern California. Well, I think all over California, Nevada. I don't know. We'll talk to Frank about it. He'll let us know. He'll give we'll us the... We'll find out. He'll give us a, and Frank is, is just the first of... A huge number, a massive number of guests, three, maybe even four uh, guests that have expressed an interest (laughs) in possibly maybe coming on the show. And so uh, that's good. That's going to be Well, speaking
1: of expeditions, today we're going to be talking about the Camel Trophy prepared Land Rovers in this week's edition of Britain's Top Model.
0: That's right. So this is is, something... You know well, a lot about. I well, I know a little bit about. Um, I have, as 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 most people hopefully listen to the show knows. I have a, a Camel Trophy uh, discovery. I'm a member of the the Camel Trophy uh, uh, Club. Uh, the folks uh, Nick and the gang in the UK are all uh, super wonderful gents, and, and always a great time to hang out with. Can't wait to get back to some Land Rover festivals in the UK and spend some time with the Series One Club and the Camel Trophy Club and all those folks because they're super super fun but yeah so as as most people know the camel trophy was a very land rover centric event from about 1980 through uh 2000 with a few bumps along the road in there but um i think there's i mean i don't know i I don't know how common knowledge it is that it actually didn't start with land rovers at all
1: yeah Um, i don't think too many people know this
0: yeah in in fact it, it started with u50s which which are essentially like jeep like cj fives i think um and uh they are are what sort of started a camel trophy the the a very small group of folks got together in 1980 and uh that event was i think in brazil and they did uh yeah sort of a mini tiny little camel trophy with uh with these jeeps and after that, were they
1: were they rental jeeps? I had had heard a rumor that they were rentals.
0: I think they may have been rentals, and they were German uh, guys that that did that first year. That that much I know. And they, um, yeah. So so after that, uh, the sort of idea caught on, and from there on, from 1981 through uh, 1998, and. Kind of a little no Camel Trophy in '99, and kind of a little bit in 2000. But we'll get to 2000. Um, but anyways, certainly through '98, from '81 to '98 was the Land Rover, starting with the Range Rover, the two door Range Rovers. I've seen a couple of those uh, two door Range Rover uh, that have gone through the counter. They're amazing cars. It just like the Darren Gap expedition cars. Like they're just kind of amazing how they were sort of cobbled together out of bits at the factory and uh, mm-hmm, but they did mm-hmm. those range rovers had a brown church rack on the top and stuff which are some of the sort of hallmarks of land rovering going or of camel trophy and going forward um but anyways then um two years of range rover and then they went to the series three uh for only one Zaire. year, Zaire, Just the right? one year. Yeah, yeah yeah and that is the 88 inch uh series threes i have seen one very and rare they, They're super rare. They're super, super rare. Camel Trophy trucks in general are pretty rare um, because they didn't make very many of them for each year. They reused a lot of them. So the competitor vehicles were traditionally new. um, Mm -hmm. And for the majority of what people are thinking of, they're either Defender 110s or Discoveries. Um, Of course, before there were Defenders, then it was Range Rovers and it was Defender. There were Land Rover 110s and Land Rover 90s. Land Rover 90s were two years. Those are pretty cool. They had uh, rear-positionable lights on the roof rack as, like, the four roof lights, so they still have the little handles on top of them, which is kind of fun. Like, somebody could lay on top and, like, do a light show with them. Um, But so for those years, uh, those early years, there was a mix of Series 3s and of Land Rover 90s and of of 110s. Um, Only one year with Land Rover 1... uh, Or three years, sorry, with Land Rover 110. Um, But then later on, and I think what people really kind of... um, I don't know what what people pick up as the sort of iconic Camel Trophy truck is the Land Rover Discovery which was for basically a decade the Land Rover of Camel Trophy starting with the discovery when it came out in nineteen ninety two door, right? That the yeah, the two the three door technically. But yeah, but the the, no, the you know
1: two you door, you know, know
0: yeah, but the two door yeah, the two door discovery, only for that one year. Um, but man, the Tudor Discovery is so cool. I'm such a huge fan. I my Camel Trophy truck is the year after that. Um but the it is a essentially a two door. It just has four doors. But um, <laughs> but the um but <laughs> wait the, a minute. They just stuck they just stuck two more doors. Those those two <laughs> extra doors on the back are not that elegant. Um exactly but but yeah, you know, it's just, it's super cool. And basically, um, you know, what we wanted to talk about a little bit was just the preparation of, and we'll, we'll, maybe we'll come back to this topic, but let's start with the preparation of the discovery uh, because it was mostly the same for, for a good portion of the, of the Camel Trophy of what a lot of people when I'm out with my Camel Trophy chuck like ask like, oh, well, what's like are the different everything of the different axles, different. Everything? And actually, the funny thing is, is there's not much different about the car. It is basically a stock Land Rover discovery. Um, that was it has, part of the
1: sales uh pitch right exactly was this is, this it has heavy springs vehicle.
0: um you know it has things like axle breathers are are routed up it has a raised air intake it has some of that sort of adventure prepared stuff but nothing is different about the running gear it's the same transmission it's the same 200 tdi motor or 300 tdi motor um They've taken, they've converted essentially to all mechanical. So the, uh, you know, fuel uh, pump is mechanical, and all the electrics, all the relays, of which there are not very many, are all sealed up in like a little, not a pelican case. It's actually a weatherproof box from like the hardware store in the UK. The same thing you'd have like on the outside of your garden shed to put your like sprinkling uh, sprinkler controls and stuff in. They just use one of those, and it's bolted in uh, underneath the uh, hood where the fuse panel normally is.
1: If they were still making that vehicle, it wouldn't be affected by the chip shortage is no what chip shortage
0: problems here there's not a chip in that car and in fact uh the front door is one of the one of the fun things and and if you happen upon a vehicle you think may have been uh at one point a camel trophy truck few things to uh look for so the internal roll cage in the discovery is significant um and a full roll cage front to back it is a massive structure that safety devices built specifically for the discovery it goes through the dash it is a it is a massive modification to the car to put that roll cage in. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the roof rack made by Brown Church is bolted through the roof into the roll cage. So the roof rack actually sits on the roll cage, uh, not on the roof of the car. And that actually adds to the structural stability of the car getting flipped over and on its sides and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it actually has uh, rigidity from the roll cage into the uh, roof rack. Um, but as a result of that, um for a variety of reasons. They didn't want electric windows in the, in the front of the car. They wanted to be able to crank it down in case something happened. You had to be able to get the window down. So the the front doors on those cars would have been electric normally. Um, but the uh, electrics were deleted and they have crank down windows. And the switches that would normally wind the windows down is actually what operates the lights on the roof. So where there's normally window switches for the front windows, that turns your rally lights on the roof on and off. You have of course distance beams, yeah, and, and you have flood beams on the roof, and, and they're just on the window switches. Yeah,
1: you wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want to spend money on new switches.
0: No, they're already there just to use them. So the um, the rear passengers did get electric windows, because I guess if they were trapped in the car oh well that was the press folks that had to sit in the back so um, you know i guess too bad and you could operate their windows nothing from like the front nothing
1: like frowning a couple journalists in your you know
0: room. those windows only came down halfway anyways right because <laughs> they're their rear their <laughs> rear windows in the discovery so they don't go down you couldn't fit out the window anyway so you're 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 pretty much done for. I guess you have to swim up to the front seats. And then they have the, uh, the, the dog guard or the animal cage that separates the seats from the cargo area. The cargo area is built out with two fuel containers over each wheel. So where the normal discovery would have either the little fold-out jump seats or the little the little bins you could put junk in, they have metal um, gas uh, or a fuel container, diesel containers, and so two jerry cans of diesel were inside of the car with you and uh, old NATO style uh, diesel uh, cans. So I imagine the smell was fantastic, but that's fine. It's don't leak. Those are the best cans. Two hundred TDI. So regardless, it's going to smell like diesel. Inside and out, anyways, it doesn't matter. It Probably, doesn't, yeah. There's no an open fuel canner. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know the difference. And then a, a wooden uh, shelf underneath the wooden shelf. There are uh, Zargus aluminum uh, food. Boxes essentially, food was kept inside of the car in the sealed gasketed uh, boxes, aluminum boxes, couple Pelican case, 1600s, Pelican 1600s, non folding handle Pelican 1600s to be specific, with the Pelican on the case if you want to get the exact right ones. And they had the uh, Camel Trophy logo silk screened onto the front of them. They would keep those two boxes, the back, usually a parts box, literally a, a plywood crate with the word parts and a camel trophy logo spray painted onto them. And that would be spares specific to that vehicle. So you would have the
1: competitors work on the vehicles as well
0: sometimes, but there were, there were a mechanics unit. So there was a, there was a, a set of mechanics that drove a discovery that they would sometimes swap out. If a, if a competitor vehicle broke down, they would give them their discovery and they would take the competitor discovery and work on it.
1: I've seen a high-capacity 110 workshop vehicle. Uh, Now, was that used at the same time as the Discoveries were used?
0: Yeah, so the mechanics themselves rode around in the Discovery, and then there was two guys in the Workshop unit, and the Workshop units are amazing. They have uh, onboard welders. Sometimes the Discoveries did as well, but they had an onboard battery Uh, you know, battery-fed welder because they all had dual batteries, so they would gang the batteries together to be able to weld. Uh, They they had uh, spare axles. They had transmissions. They had every conceivable type of thing you could imagine. And they had, yeah, you know, a a utility uh, bed uh, sort of high cap with roll-up sides with all the tools and everything in them, and then the truck bed for all these big crates stacked to the roof with extra tires and, you know, everything you could ever imagine. Of course, there's famous famously, um, uh, transmissions and things that were helicoptered in to be able to replace things that have broken in the vehicles, they would actually have a, a supply helicopter that would, with ropes and a, a wooden box, fly in a transmission and drop it and allow it to be swapped out. Or
1: Now, one year, um, and I can't remember which it is, I, I had heard that they had a route planned Mm-hmm. And they went like to do the route in a monsoon or something, kind of like ruined it. Mm-hmm. and they helicoptered the vehicles somewhere else and did like another section or maybe it was thing, just
0: yeah. special stages. They didn't actually do a point-to-point that yeah. year. I can't remember what year it was. I do not remember to, I do remember the helicoptering year. I don't remember what year it was. That might have been, it sounds like a jungle. I mean, it was a jungle year because there's lots of jungle stuff. I know that 93 in Malaysia, my year, they put all of the trucks on a train. So there's some really neat pictures of all of the Land Rovers lined up sort of nose to tail. You could fit two of them on a train car. And the guys were just sitting on top of the cars as the train was whipping through the Malaysian jungle. So lots of that sort of shenanigan stuff. Then there's also, um, so, so far as the, as the discovery is concerned. So again, special Brown church, uh, um, brush guard, rhubarb, um, mounted to, in, depending on the year, a winch of some kind. In 93 my year is a super winch. Uh, it's a husky super winch. Um, and then a special armor underneath the front of the car so you don't bend any tie rods or anything. Um, and then a big, huge plate, big aluminum uh, tank guard on the rear of the car so you don't punch through the gas tank. Um, So that was really the only sort of armoring that happened. And then again, they undid all of the electrical stuff that they could and kept that sealed up as much as possible, Uh, cut a hole in the front uh, uh, grill so that the winch could sit back enough to fit inside of the brush bar. They had a winch uh, plug, so you can plug the control for the winch in, on the brush bar. It was actually run inside of the brush bar, and it plugged in along the top. The Defenders had it on the top of the fender, but the uh, Discoveries had it right in. They also had two little metal cleats so you could wrap the, the cable From the husky winch around the brush bar, so you didn't actually have to wind it back in because, of course, winding it back in takes forever. And so, super
1: winches are notoriously—it's just the slowest thing in the The world. Worm gear, super strong but super
0: slow. Super slow. Can I make an observation?
1: Yes. Um, You you know, I think for me, you know, the the camel trophy—it was—it was happening when I was a kid. For the most part, mm-hmm. and uh you know watching it and reading the magazines and like you know it was a it was a special thing it was really interesting, you know it's different than a lot of the motorsports here in uh in the United States, so it was just like totally foreign, all these foreign competitors really you know interesting vehicles, and mm-hmm. you know got uh got a lot of people interested in land Rovers you know and cigarettes, probably yeah, probably both <clears> yeah. yeah. And those folks are probably no longer with us. Yeah, right. But, uh, uh, you know, I think for me, when it stopped being interesting is when they changed from steel wheels to
0: alloy wheels. That's exactly right. The, that is that is uh, commonly regarded. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the Freelander <laughs> showed up. And I yeah. actually think the Camel Trophy prepared Freelanders are super fun. I almost bought one uh, a few months ago. I was very close, but the logistics of having to deal with it being a few years too new and some other I just I wasn't It's cute. It. I, I it's think that, cute.
1: you know, I'm honestly, the logistics of importing that vehicle being a few years too new is probably less than the logistics of keeping it operational.
0: That's absolutely true. 100, <laughs> 100% true. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, no Camel Trophy in 1999, as there was a an ownership change Uh, with Land Rover. And then finally, uh, it came back in uh, 2000, now sponsored by Honda. And you would think, great, I can't wait for the Honda CRV Camel Trophy Edition car, which there are Honda CRV that are Camel Trophy Edition. They're not what you think, though. You could Google them. It's very depressing. Ike and I just did it. It wasn't. it it was it was too bad Um, i was
1: excited about getting a camel trophy prepared to crv but uh my hopes were dashed
0: but more than anything the rib the rib tech 655s the uh the the soft side boats the inflatables um they're so cool they're like it's like if you took a camel trophy 110 and made it a boat. Like it's it's such a silly little like you sort it's somewhere between like a jungle like the the Disney river cruise and a Navy SEAL team you know like it's it's sort of a combo of the two like looks a little bit like a theme park ride and a little bit like it should be full of commandos
1: it's an it's an assault cigarette boat
0: <laughs> <It absolutely laughs> and they still use the one ten uh yeah. the one tens to cap, right? essentially stick the the boats in the water. Because world brands vehicle. had, I think, a bunch of one tens left over. Yeah, some high caps, and they would they would tow them because I guess the CRV maybe couldn't tow the rib. I mean, the ribs don't weigh anything; they're full of air. But anyways, they would tow I think them. Uh, heavy. Oh, I mean, they're super heavy. I really want one, man. There one comes up for sale more frequently than it should, considering how few of them there are, and uh, oh, so many times I've thought about it, but. You have to completely dissemb- uh, disassemble it to get it into a container to ship it over here. And it's where, just... where would you use it? Um, well, I'd have to use it on, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty close to a couple lakes up here where I live north of Los Angeles. So I guess that would be it. But I think you could get from one side of the lake to the other in, like, two minutes. Because doesn't it have, like, <laughs> two? I think it has two Honda outboard motors on it. Like, I think it's like a... It's like a serious boat. Like, it's got some, it's got some horsepower. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that would be like, but... We should get one. We should get one. You're right. The official underpowered one. hour Honda 655 RibTech boat. Uh, or where? I guess it's a RibTech boat with Honda. I'm not sure what Honda outboard motors, but giant Honda outboard motors. Super fun. Anyways, we'll come back to Camel Trophy stuff. Or we won't. You let us know. Uh, send, us a, send us an Instagram uh, speaking of instagram feel free to dm us anytime let us know what you think uh we should be talking about slide into our dms but but slide into those dms um maybe have uh maybe have a a child or grandchild tell you how to do that i certainly (laughs) would have to reach out and get some help on the sliding into the dms i think i've dm'd i've dm'd a couple times maybe i don't know you've bm'd that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they've never they've been returned with about as much uh enthusiasm as if uh, it was uh so uh we have because we are the most social media savvy couple of folks uh out there uh we're putting together a big contest huge huge contest on massive. The, uh, massive this is the biggest land rover instagram contest to come since land rover gave away all those defenders that i imagine they probably can't because they don't you can't actually make them now so they'll give you a defender but it won't work because it doesn't have any chips in it. Um, But if you, uh, if you love the show and I can't imagine anyone loving the show, but if you love, if you love the show, (laughs) um, you know, there are other podcasts out there that are genuinely entertaining, but if you love the show and you have a friend,
1: this, this, Vin, this Venn diagram is just two separate circles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if, if you love the show and you have a friend and you are on Instagram, why not? And this friend doesn't yet know about the show. They love Land Rovering or listening to the two of us ramble on about whatever it is that we're talking about. Uh, how fat Jerry O'Connell has got. Oh, I can't say <laughs> that. he's gonna, I had signed the paperwork. I said I would never. I thought there was begin. a court order no, that you couldn't I mention I that. I can't talk about it. No, he's in great shape. He's actually, he's looking real good. Um. So let's say you're you're good friends with Jerry O'Connell and he doesn't yet listen to the show. Um, if you at that person on tag Instagram... Him.
1: You tag him. That's what the kids are calling say. it.
0: Tag him. Tag him on Instagram. And if he and you are both following us on Instagram and subscribe to the show, we're going to randomly pick how many people? like How many people do you want to randomly pick? The top... At least four. Whoa. So the top at least four people, which is like eight total people. Um no, the top four people. Oh, the top four people. So okay. Pairs of people? Sure. Okay. Some people. We're gonna pick a bunch of people. And if we pick you, we're gonna slide into your DMs and we're gonna send you <laughs> we're gonna send you in an underpowered hour t-shirt. Definitely, definitely uh, for you to proudly wear um to Whatever it is that you do when you're not listening to the show, that's it's none the, of our work, business. Work on your Land Rover. Yeah, you can use it to sop up oil uh, underneath the Land Rover. You can use it to clean things, whatever you want. You can wear it. I mean, that's also okay. Very stylish, logoed, underpowered hour uh, T-shirt that uh, Ike is going to test wear uh, for everyone. He's just going to get. Doesn't matter what size you are. Doesn't matter what size. Um, he's going to give it a. He's going to give it a go real quick just to make sure that it is broken in. Uh, that's a
1: separate contest.
0: And It is a separate contest. So uh, last but not least, Ike, before we leave today, of course, it's everyone's favorite segment uh, by popular demand, Famous Land Rover Owner of the Week. Um, and this week's Famous Land Rover Owner of the Week is none other than Ralph Loren.
1: Yes, Ralph Lauren is a famous Land Rover owner, and he has been closely associated with Land Rovers for some time, at least uh, at least since the '90s, if not before. And uh, he's had a number of Land Rover vehicles, um, Defenders, Series cars, uh, uses it pretty prolifically in their advertising, yep. but uh, definitely has had uh, some series ones, you know, mm-hmm. um, Julian Schoenfelder. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. Restored an 80 inch for him, uh, you know, in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands, something yeah. like is that. Is that the 51? I think that's, the, that's I his, believe it is. This yep. is
0: 1951, which has a, a UK reg <clears throat> of USV 663. Yes. Uh, and that he's uh, had at a few events and things.
1: I think he had a, a, a black, nas defender yep. 110 at yep. one point you Absolutely know he did yeah um pretty
0: striking a you know murdered murdered vehicle. out fully murdered out uh, uh nas 110
1: but uh this gentleman is obviously really enthusiastic about land rovers always borrowing uh land rovers for photo shoots for yep. his products i um, yep. not sure how many land rovers he has exactly but definitely several vehicles very enthusiastic very you know stylishly presented uh, vehicle. So yeah, definitely a famous Land Rover owner, uh, you know, that uh, has had some influence with the brand. You yeah,
0: know? I think so. And and I think they're a, uh, you know, especially because he's an enthusiast of the classic car and, you know, uh, they'll have photo shoots, you know, clothing photo shoots and stuff with the series trucks. And that's really cool. You know, it's needed. It It's interesting that, you know, he the most stylish person in the world, maybe I guess I don't know. I don't know how you rate that. Maybe not. I don't know. Polo people play a lot of polo. Anyways, he, uh, you know, he's he's a he's a big fan of the mark. He's a big fan of the of the shape and style of the original uh, Land Rover. And so, you know, I, I think that's what we have in common with Ralph Lauren. You know, I mean that's just one of many things. <laughs> I think. right? I mean, I, I think that list is is pretty uh, pretty long at this uh, point. So, uh, Ike, before before we before we go, I know I said that was the last thing, but one one last thing um, is that uh, for those of you who have joined us on Patreon recently, thank you for your uh, support. And for those of you who haven't, I don't know if you know, but there are no fewer than two tip top. Tooltip videos up there. More coming every other Monday. There's a new tip-top tool video throughout the entire summer. So yeah. we're going to be uh, shooting
1: more in a few weeks, and we're going to be adding content to our Patreon. So um, there will be swag available to Patreon. It's amazing. Folks.
0: it's So good, so good. And uh, you of course, might video get a versions
1: to have some pre-worn Icos
0: Underpowered Hour <laughs> T-shirts uh changes the oil uh in an unair conditioned garage in every t-shirt <laughs> in every t-shirt uh you get that treatment so you do you, i don't know where you get that you don't know other podcast is doing that no other podcast is giving you can't imagine why the, can't no imagine one, why no one has the, you know, has the stones to pre-wear a T-shirt and then send it to someone listening to the show. Uh, that's that's what you get here from us. And, of course, there's video versions on the Patreon of every show. So you can see uh, Ike and I, um, maybe Ike wearing the T-shirt that he'll later be sending to you. Good heavens. Uh, my goodness. Why you would want that, I don't know. But. It is available for you, like it or not. It's going to be a deep V. Deep V. And on that, my friend, it has been a slice. Enjoy that deep V. Keep that chest area cool. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week. All right, Stephen. Looking forward to it. Underpowered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Consider supporting the show through our Patreon, and when you do, you'll be given access to exclusive content and Underpowered Hour merch. Want even more Underpowered Hour? Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.